Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is the 11th episode of the Overlord Sports Layup Line. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Nolan Russell. Nolan, how's it going? Uh, it could be better. I'm a little disappointed to not see Team Canada qualify for the Olympics. I thought this this could be our year to finally make a push for uh, the podium, but yeah, that it's was a quite, tough loss. Very tough loss. So it was quite the sizable choke that we saw. Um, not the most ideal outcome, so to speak, for any any Canadian basketball fan, but we move on and we keep going. And I guess with that, we'll lead right in. This episode, we'll be talking about and summarizing the conference finals that just wrapped up, uh, give you guys an update on our concurrent playoff MVP, um, give you a look at the NBA finals with a little preview on that, and then also a little look ahead into who we think could be the finals MVP. So I guess we'll start right away. We'll jump right in. Suns Clippers wrapped up uh, before the Bucks Hawks did. I think with Kawhi being out, I think that raised a lot of questions as to whether or not the series would have been different with or without Kawhi in the lineup. I guess that might be where, where we'll start. I guess hypothetically, if Kawhi why would have been there from game one? Do you think that maybe would have made a huge difference and maybe pushed them over the edge and we would have seen the Clippers in the finals over the Suns? Well, I think it definitely makes a big difference. Whether or not it would have been enough is, is definitely tough to say. It, it would have definitely given them a much better chance of winning that series. I think it could still go either way, though. I probably would have bet on the Clippers if Kawhi was uh, healthy, but I could really see that series going to either team. It would have been a really, really good matchup. Uh, it's unfortunate Kawhi was out because I don't think the the series was ever really in doubt without him. Yeah, the Suns the Suns did a great job of closing the door down the stretch. Probably one of the most convincing series deciding games I'd watch. I mean, the Suns as the team didn't have a quarter posted under thirty points. Chris Paul drops 41-8 and eight in a series-deciding game, sends him to his first career finals. Really, honestly, a poetic ending to that series. I mean, seeing him trump the team that he spent a lot of his uh, career on. He spoke about it after the game, said he was really tight with a lot of the coaching staff and a lot of the players there. He said it was really a big moral victory for him and the team going forward. So I was actually very happy to see that storyline play out. Uh, Devin Booker goes to his first finals, much like DeAndre Ayton in both their young careers. I will say... Aiton quietly had a really good game. He didn't post the most amount of points, but 16 and 17 on the night. That's a pretty impressive stat line. Also, shout out to Monty Williams. Monty Williams is my coach of the year pick. He's really rallied this team and turned them into a really perennial threat in the West and really prepared them for an opportunity like this to appear. And I think it's his first finals, isn't it? Who, Monty's? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, but I mean, all credit to Monty and the team. Really unbelievable play. I saw also a funny stat. We'll talk about it really quick. That Tory Craig, regardless of who wins, is going to get a finals ring. Because he started the season on the box and now he's on the Suns. I thought that was really funny. So shout out Tory Craig. Enjoy the win. I guess enjoy the ring, regardless of what team it happens to be. Depends on whether or not he would accept it. Because it was a similar thing with Verjao not that long ago, where he ended up just not... He said he wouldn't have accepted it if, uh, if the Cavs ended up winning. But... Yeah. Could be. Yeah, if the Bucks win, Tory Craig might just decline the ring, but who knows? That'd be that'd be quite the baller move to decline an NBA championship ring. I mean, I guess it is up to the individual whether or not you take pride in uh, being on the losing team but still taking a ring. And I guess we'll speed right on. So we have the the Bucks advancing on the Hawks. I mean, more of the same. Nate McMillan, all the credit in the world, just earned himself a four-year contract extension. I mean, we'll talk about that briefly in a second. But the Hawks kind of were one of those teams we many people didn't expect to be here at the end of the day. I mean, on the back of Trey Young had an unbelievable postseason run. Uh, we were just talking about it before the podcast. Quietly put up one of the best playoff campaigns, I think, of most people at the playoffs. Uh, 28.8 points, 9.5 assists. Uh, shot fairly well, just under 42%. But considering how many shots he put up, I think that's all right. Average just over 37 minutes a game. I mean, really did did everything you could expect from him. I mean, really 
was a great catalyst in uh, in their success throughout the postseason. But coming in the end of that series, I mean, we saw Giannis go down. Going into the finals, I think that'll be a huge, huge kind of negative in that corner. But did this surprise you at all with uh, with how well the Hawks were playing going to the conference finals, or was this pretty pretty to chalk as your uh, as your prediction had uh, kind of preemptively predicted? I wasn't surprised so much with how the Hawks plays. I'm more so surprised with how poorly I thought the Bucks played in a lot of those games. I think their shooters got cold a lot of nights, especially earlier on in the series. I was disappointed with their play more so than than the Hawks impressing me in any way. But I still got to give them a lot of credit for making the conference finals and winning two games in the conference finals, especially with Trey getting injured towards the end of that series. I don't think anyone expected the Hawks to make it this far in the playoffs. So a lot of credit goes to that team and to that coaching staff, especially Nate McMillan. Their team kind of just completely turned around once he uh, joined them. I still don't really understand why the Pacers fired him in the offseason, especially because it seemed like they were consistently like overachievers with him as the coach. They were like a four seed last year, and it's like, I don't know. It, it was odd to me, but uh, all the credit to the Hawks for for the display they put on in this playoffs, especially Trey. But yeah, I'm not I'm not shocked to see the Bucks pull off that uh, that win. Yeah, I think we had both. <clears throat> I think we'd have to consult the files, but I think we did both predict uh, the Bucks taking that series. I think you had it a bit more convincing than I did. I think you said what you said four or five, and I yeah, said, I said four. <laughs> yeah, I think I said five or six. Um, if my if my mind serves me correct. I believe you um, said six. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll take, I'll take that. That's a, that's a good win in my book, but yeah, Trey, Trey and the Hawks. I mean, they put up a very valiant effort. I mean, as I said, no one really expected them to be there in the first place, but I mean, going forward, they have a lot of great young pieces to build around. And I mean, re-signing Nate and kind of keeping that core structure of both the coaching staff and the roster intact. I think that'll be really big for them going forward. And especially with a, with the Eastern conference, I mean, not really needless to say being top heavy, but I think they can really, kind of staple themselves as a serious playoff contender with a with a move like getting Nate McMillan in that building for long term and maybe bringing in another piece or two to complement who they already have but yeah I mean a lot of credit goes to uh, Nate McMillan, Trey Young, uh, even some of the other role players on that team I mean put up a really great great effort and was really entertaining to watch their run to be honest. I guess we'll give you guys an update before we go to the uh, NBA final stuff. Uh, who Who is your playoff MVP as of right now? Has it changed at all? Any Any new developments? Well, I think I want to stick with someone on either the Bucks or Suns, which kind of limits the options here to pretty much Booker, Paul, Giannis. Maybe you could throw Middleton into the mix. Brooke Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> I've been impressed with like Aiden and Holiday's stepped up every once in a while, but I think for the most part, it's pretty much either Giannis, Booker, or Paul. Yeah. Um, both Giannis and Paul missed a few games in there, so I would probably lean with Booker right now. I think all three of those guys have played very well. Uh, Booker's just been healthy the entire playoffs, so that, that gives them a little bit of an edge in my mind. But you could really give it to any one of those guys, I think. Yeah, I think right now, I think I'd agree with you. I think it has to go off to what we've seen and how often he's, I guess, not missed games. I mean, the other guys have missed a few games here and there, so it hasn't been, I guess, giving them the most uh, benefit in terms of ranking them for our playoff MVP. But I would probably lean towards Devin Booker as well. I mean, he's been playing Unreal all postseason. Um, as yet, I... I think he's yet to miss a game. I think he's played all all games possible, but he's had quite the playoff campaign. I mean, really been a, 
I don't know, role model for a lot of the younger core of that team. I mean, considering how young he is, I've, I've seen him multiple games, just coaching guys up, giving them some advice. So, I mean, it's good to see for such a young guy kind of given that veteran presence, which is kind of crazy, crazy to say, considering how young he is, as I mentioned. But I think it'll kind of defer for me in terms of possible finals MVP, because I think fully healthy and playing every game. I think Chris Paul will be my pick for, I guess, predicting the finals MVP. I feel like he'll really take control of this series. Um, whether or not Giannis is out long-term or not, I think he's listed as, um, I think it was doubtful for game one. So I assume he's not really going to play. So I think barring barring anything crazy happening on either side or Booker going off for 40 points a game, I think Chris Paul is really going to stake his claim with this postseason as now his first finals appearance that he's finally been waiting for this opportunity. He's going to seize it. Yeah, so I guess that's my pick for my finals MVP is going to be Chris Paul. I think that's a great pick. I think Paul is extremely motivated. We saw towards the end of that that Clippers Sun series where you can tell he just he really wanted to to close the door on that series and and finally put away some demons from his past and and finally get into that finals. And I think he's going to play his best basketball. I think he really wants to win this ring. I I, I can tell you can see him playing uh, some of his best games as of late. So I think Chris Paul is also a very good pick. The Suns win. I think his leadership and his, his legacy is also potentially going to play a factor in whether or not, like if it's really close between him and Paul or him and Booker, you could see maybe the voters giving it to him just for his, his legacy. So I think that's a really good choice. If the Bucks win, I think Giannis is definitely the favorite. Well, I guess it depends on whether or not he's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's definitely something we have to talk about. I'm not sure whether or not he's going to be playing game one or game two, or maybe even missing more time than that. It's unclear at this point. But I'm going to lean with Devin Booker. I think Booker has been the one that's impressed me the most in the playoffs. It took him six years to finally get into the postseason, and he's he's really trying to make the most of it while he's here. Uh, you can tell he's he's capitalizing on it. He's averaging 27 points per game in the postseason, shooting pretty efficiently, 44% from the field, 91% from the free throw line as well. Uh, Dead-eye shooter from there, which is really important. Six rebounds per game, almost five assists. So he's kind of been their go-to scorer. Him and Paul have obviously both played very well, and so has Aiden, so... I mean, I wouldn't even be shocked if Aiden just has a monster series and, and kind of steals it from those two. But I guess both of us picked a Suns player, so that might kind of uh, allude to yeah, allude to who we're picking here. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Booker. That's that's my pick. Yeah, I can't, you can't argue with Booker either. I mean, it showed up consistently through pretty much every series. He had that crazy run that I think we talked about the last podcast. And um, I think it was the second round where he had, I think four of his six games were over 35 or 40 points, like, it's pretty hard to knock that kind of knock that kind of effort, especially going into the biggest series of the year. But I guess we should probably get onto our uh, series prediction. This is kind of unfortunate for me because I don't really know the timetable on Giannis's injury. I don't think many people do. Um, him being listed as doubtful for Game One gives me kind of a bad indication. I hope that he doesn't miss significant time because I'd love to see the Greek freak in action for an entire postseason or final series. But that being said, with him being out Game One and possibly Game Two. I think that kind of just anchors down the fact I was going to go Suns either in seven or six anyway, but I think if Giannis misses the first two games, I think that makes me a bit more confident going Suns in six. The Suns are riding, I mean, much like the Bucks getting over getting over the Hawks. I mean, the Suns are riding unbelievable momentum after Chris Paul beats his alma mater in the, uh, well, I guess like two or three alma maters ago in the, uh, in the Clippers that he spent a lot of time on. But I think this is, I don't want to say it's manifesting destiny, but him finally getting over the 3-2, him getting to his first finals, um, being extremely motivated, as you had mentioned. I think it's just going to prove 
it's going to prove to be very beneficial for that team, especially with Giannis being out. I think also look for a guy like DeAndre Ayton to have a huge series, as you had said. Him and Brooke Lopez is going to be a very interesting match through the series. Both bigger bodies be able to uh, throw some weight around, aggressive, tenacious rebounders, but also have a lot of finesse. So I think this series is going to be very entertaining to watch. I think it could go either way. I think it's very dependent on the health and um, longevity of Giannis's injury timetable. But I'm going to say Suns and six. I think if Giannis comes back before game three, I think it could change things up a little bit. But as of right now, I think the Suns are going to be my pick. And yeah, my finals MVP, as I said, is going to be Chris Paul. So I'm riding with the Valley boys here. I kind of suspect Giannis will be back pretty early in the series. I think latest would be game three is is my guess. You know, he's listed as doubtful. It doesn't seem to be a serious injury. So I, I think we should see him early on in the series. You know, this is such an important final series i don't think you can afford to be cautious like if, if he's even 90 percent, i think you got to throw him on the court so i expect to see him fairly early on and really how healthy is it he is and how he plays could really determine this series i think i just err on the side of caution here and, and go with the suns because either way this really seems like a very close series to me i think if the bucks are at full health i'd maybe lean towards them in seven but even then i'd kind of be on the fence so just the fact that, that Giannis is hurt right now, I think I'm just going to have to pick the Suns because uh, it's just it's too close of a series for me to pick a team that I'm just unsure about whether or not their star player is even going to be on the floor. So I'm also going to pick the Suns in seven. I think I think it could end up even being like a five or six game series, depending on whether or not Giannis even plays in these first few games. But I'll say Suns in seven. I got I to gotta give the Bucks some respect. Even without Giannis, they're a very good team. So this is going to be a good series, though. I'm really excited to see what happens. The Suns were a team that I was going to, that I was hoping to see from the beginning. I mean, just with the addition of Chris Paul, I knew that they were onto something special. And, I mean, Monty Williams, I mean, providing such a big jolt to that franchise, I mean, definitely helps. But, again, same with the Bucks. I mean, Giannis's first finals appearance, it's unfortunate that he's going to most likely be missing game one. He is still listed as doubtful. He could even play tonight. We don't know. But I'm very excited to see what the series holds. I think, as you said, you still got to put respect on the Bucks' name. I mean, they made it all the way here, not only on the play of Giannis, but also the supporting cast. One of the best two-way teams in the league with some of the best best defenders to match. I mean, with Giannis and Drew Holiday. But yeah, I think the Suns pick is safe. I think Giannis being tentatively out, I think doesn't really help most people's bet or betting eye, so to speak. But I'm uh, I'm very interested to see what happens in the series. I think it's going to be entertaining throughout. I do hope Giannis comes back as soon as possible so we can see these teams both duke it out in full health. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to watch. I don't really know what there is left to be said. But I think also just want to mention on the kind of finals MVP talk, I think regardless of what team wins, I think a lot of secondary players will kind of be able to have an argument to win the award. Um, also, especially if Giannis misses significant, must significant time being like the first few games and see a guy like Middleton step up in those games, he'll be able to put a notch at his belt for a uh, finals MVP. Even a guy like Drew Holiday might be able to do that and vice versa. As you had mentioned, who knows if DeAndre Ayton could go for 25 and 10 every night and put up an unreal campaign in the finals and steal it. So I think there are a lot of possibilities there. Yeah. I think aside from just the Giannis injury, there's a few things that can really sway this series for me is how well Bridges is going to defend Middleton even Crowder if they throw him on him for for a little bit like how how well can they navigate the screens and just stay with them that that will be very interesting because the Suns have really good wing defenders obviously Bridges being the main one that that comes to mind for me so if they can slow down Middleton that that would be huge and then the other way for the the Suns offense against the Bucks defense I'm curious to see how the Bucks end up utilizing Brook Lopez in this series because 
he was kind of getting picked apart in the mid-range uh, against the Nets and early on against the Hawks. They played a lot of drop coverage, which, you know, kind of like the Jazz did against the Clippers, which kind of killed them too. And then late against the Hawks, they started using him uh, more on like hedging and just just getting up on them out, right off the screen, just to step up a little bit and then recover back. And it seemed to work a lot better taking away the mid-range. And obviously the Suns, more than pretty much any team in the league, dominate in the mid-range. Paul and Book. I mean, especially Paul, that's, that's kind of his go-to shot at this point, just pick and roll and then pop from the mid-range. So they, they can't afford to be playing drop coverage with Lopez. So how well they can defend that that pick and pop in the mid-range is, is going to be huge too. So there's a lot to keep an eye on in this series. But I think as both of us have kind of said, the, the Suns are just the safer pick here. So that's why I'm leaning with them. Yeah, and also kind of just to go off of your point, um, you're talking about kind of the mid-range higher pick and roll um, or and pick and pop scenario. The thing is, if you get Brooke Lopez out of the paint, that leaves pretty much DeAndre Ayton for a wide open roll, and there's really going to be no one else to contest him at seven foot, 260 pounds, whatever he's listed at. So it is really going to be interesting to see how they play. If, if they're going to get Lopez to commit on those kind of short mid-range shots, it's going to be easy for Chris Paul to kind of dish it down low through one of those seam passes through, through the guard. The big men split the seam, and then it's basically just going to be hacking eight and the entire series if they're going to play it like that. But I think it's going to go kind of possession to possession. I think they're going to throw multiple looks at them, not really let them get comfortable and kind of know what they're expecting coming down the floor. We saw near the end as well, um, the Bucks were really good at kind of switching seamlessly, so to speak. They weren't really playing switch all, but it kind of depended on the situation they were in where they were switching right away and leaving the mismatch and then kind of playing it off of that and anchoring off of whatever mismatch there happened to be, whether it be down low in the perimeter. So I think they're going to throw multiple different looks at them at the Suns, not really let them get comfortable in the half-court set. But they, they do have a lot of pieces to throw out there and kind of defend at different positions, I mean, much like the Suns do. So I think it's going to be a really interesting game of chess, at least early in the series, to see what works and what doesn't. I think that could be kind of cause for those early games to be very entertaining. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the Bucks do defensively. I think it's not a bad idea to put like P.J. Tucker on, on Devin Booker and have holiday guard Chris Paul. And then you could have sort of Middleton... Hopefully Giannis, if he's healthy, Middleton and Giannis kind of take the wings away and collapse into the paint to help slow down the Aiden roll. That could that could definitely be effective in terms of, you know, just using Lopez as a hedger, having Holiday recover back onto Paul, and then sort of have Lopez sort of recover back to Aiden while someone like Giannis helps protect the paint. I don't know. We'll see. I think the health of Giannis is really important for them on on both ends of the court and. That, that's the main swing factor here is, is whether or not Giannis plays. If he's healthy for game one, I, I think the Bucks would be a really strong pick here. But if he's not, you know, the more games he misses, the, the harder it is for them. Yeah. So I don't know. This it, is such a tough series to really predict when arguably the best player in the series is uncertain whether or not he's even going to be on the floor early on. So yeah. it's tough. And it stinks because you know Giannis is one of those players where his impact goes beyond the stat line. And it's one of those things, it's just him being on the floor, affecting shots, being a big body down low, being able to run in transition like a guard. It's just, there's so many ripples to his game that are felt throughout every single possession that him being out, it's really a completely foreign environment for both the Bucks and the Suns not having to play against him. So, I mean, as I said, I hope he ends up coming back at least, I, I would say at least game three. I think if he if he misses the first three games, I think the series, I don't want to say it's as good as done, but I think it is as good as done. I think it's a bit too much time to kind of give the Suns to pick apart a team without Giannis. But um, again, got to put respect on the Bucks' name. They have a lot more than just Giannis. They could surprise us. They could even split the first two games with Giannis coming back game three. You never know. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it is unfortunate to watch a series where both teams aren't at full health. But as I said, he is only listed as doubtful. He could come back and he could play tonight. He could drop 30, 10 and 10. You never know. But I mean, I guess with that, we'll segue to our last topic. Yeah, I'm, I'm very Sorry, one, one more thing. I just wanted to mention, uh, especially in this series where Giannis has kind of dominated the Suns in their two regular season matchups. Yeah. He averaged 40 points per game against them. So that, that's a big factor if he's not out there. So I mean, we kind of beat it to death at this point, but I just wanted to, to get that out there. The Suns really struggled against him in the regular season, so it's obviously huge. Giannis, if if you, for whatever reason, listen to this today before you play, <laughs> wherever it may be, wherever you may go after listening to this, play tonight. It'll make things more entertaining for you, for the viewers, for every basketball fan on the planet, just play tonight. We hope so. Have a great day. Enjoy playoff basketball. And don't miss your layups. And I guess with that, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Overline Sport or OTL Sports CA. Also on Twitter, that's the same handle.